0: What is going on friends and fans, Ryan Dorn here, and thanks for joining me for another podcast all about helping you make your sales and marketing life way, way more effective. Glad to have you here. We got questions from Randy, from Fran, from Taylor, all across the country, your listener questions coming up, everything from struggling about being ghosted to bosses that are a little bit wacky or crazy. We're gonna answer your listener questions coming up. And what I want to do is talk to you about a new format that I'm using to host meetings with clients. We're going to follow Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We're going to do a great job of building trust with these clients, and we're going to close more deals. That's all coming up next here
1: on the podcast. Stick around, stay close. Here we go. Live from the Brainswell Media Studios, this is the Ryan Dorn Business Show. Ryan is a 30-year Emmy-winning sales, marketing, and leadership advisor. He has touched over half a billion dollars in revenue and still sells every day. Ryan has been featured in Forbes, USA Today, and has trained over 20,000 professionals in seven countries. Now, here's your coach, your confidant, your fellow business warrior, Ryan Dorn. All right,
0: Deborah, thanks so much for that great introduction. I need to play that for my mom one day. Mom, are you a listener to the podcast? (laughs) I know my brother Brandon is out there in sales land. All right, let's talk about hosting sales calls that are going to close all kinds of business for you. I I noticed because I have an opportunity to be on sales calls all the time with clients that sales calls tend to be a little bit wacky and people continue to sell the way they always sold. Clearly, you haven't read my new book called Selling Forward. Did I tell you about that? Selling Forward is my latest uh, sales book that's out there, and the lion's share of the profits are going to go to the Golden Harvest Food Bank. So go over to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and check out Selling Forward. If you're an Amazon Prime member, of course, that would ship for free. You haven't read the book, I guess, if you're still hosting these old school sales calls, and I'm here to tell you, friends, you got to do it different. Why, Ryan? Why do I have to do it differently? Well, because pre-COVID, When we did buyer studies to determine what type of buyers we were meeting with, for the most part, it was kind of a 50-50 mix. 50% were somewhat emotional, making decisions based on how they feel. 50% were logical, making decisions based on pure logic. Not a lot of people doing a little bit of both. It's pretty rare. So you're either one or the other. Here's the rub, friends. In a post-COVID selling environment or pandemic-fatigued environment, some people just can't wrap their head around COVID even being behind us. When (laughs) When you think about it, you're talking about a lot more emotional buyers. Why? Because they're tired. They're frazzled. They're just, they're dazed. They're sick and tired of being locked down and things like that. So, How do we kind of make this all work? Well, first, we got to recognize what buyer sets are out there. So every Friday, the folks that I coach, they report back to me what type of people they met with this last week, emotional, logical, or ego. Right now, as of last Friday, We're seeing about 68% of people still making decisions quite darn emotionally. Now, let me make sure I'm clear on something. I'm not trying to make a political statement, not in any way, shape, or form. And I am a political kind of guy, but I'm not doing that on the show. That's not what this show is about. I'm just asking you to consider if 60, almost 70%, 7 in 10 of the people that you're meeting with are a lot more emotional in nature, we need to do our meetings, need to host our meetings in a little bit of a different format. We want to play in to that emotional mindset rather than trying to beat up somebody that's emotional with a bunch of logic. Makes sense? What do I mean, Ryan, what do you mean? Well, trying to win over or sell somebody that's emotional with logic is really like trying to talk the keys out of the hands of a drunk. The more logical you are, the more emotional they get, and eventually you just got to take the keys, right? Because you're not going to logic to a drunk person that they should give you the keys. You're just going to have to be action-oriented. All right, so what's the format that I'm following? I'm following a format that really is based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Oh, no, Ryan, are you taking taking me back to psychology class? In high school or college, I am because it works. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a motivational theory in psychology, comprising a five-tier model of human needs. Needs lower down in the hierarchy must be satisfied before individuals can attend to the needs that are higher. Let me give you the rundown since you're listening. It's one to five. On the bottom of the pyramid is people's physiological needs. Once the physiological needs are met of an individual or a client we're meeting with, then they move on to their safety needs. That's number two. So number one is meeting their physiological needs. Number two is meeting their safety needs, making them feel safe with you and the environment. Number three is their social needs. How does what you're selling them, how does that improve their social game? Maybe you're selling them advertising. How does it make them fit into the greater grand scheme of things within the sector that they serve? So one is physiological, two is safety, three is social needs. Number four is how does somebody feel, their esteem needs? Are there esteem needs? What's esteem? Esteem would be how they feel about themselves, but how they believe that others interpret them as well. And then step number five is self-actualization. I really can't control that. That's really on them. Self-actualization is have you reached the aha moment of the circumstance? Have you got to the top of the pyramid? All right, so once again, one, two, three, four, five. Number one, physiological needs need to be met. Then number two, safety needs. Then number three, social needs. Then number four, their esteem needs. And then number five, they reach the aha moment, the nirvana self-actualization. So how does it apply to sales? Here we go. For me, step number one is always about validating time. And the reason that you want to validate time is because of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We've got to get past level one. Level one is their physiological needs. When you validate time and you say, Bill, thanks for the 20 minutes. Do you still have 20 minutes? And Bill says, yes, he knows that you recognize that you're on the clock. There's nothing worse than being on a sales call when you don't know when the end of the sales call is going gonna to come. So when you think about that, to make someone feel comfortable physiologically, you want to validate time and you want to set an agenda. Now, a lot of folks first don't validate time. It's a good old Sandler sales training technique. Bob, do you have 20 minutes? Still have that 20 minutes? I do, Ryan. Thanks so much. Now you know that you're on the clock. Step number two is setting an agenda for the meeting. I'm not worried about setting an agenda in advance. I mean, you can do that. That's great. But what I'm worried about is on that sales call, here we go. Bob, thanks for the 20 minutes. Or Bonnie, thanks for the 20 minutes. Do you still have 20 minutes? Sure, Ryan. Bonnie or Bob? Bob? There's three or four things that I'd love to cover with you today. One, I'd love to share some success stories with you. Others that are using our product, having some great success. Second thing I'd love to cover with you is ask you a few questions about your business. Make sure that the ideas that I've brought with you are in alignment with your needs, your goals, and your desires. The third thing I'm going to do in that agenda is I'm going to provide recommendations on the spot. Unless you're selling something that's highly customizable, why are you not presenting ideas and pricing on the spot? Are you selling the cure for cancer? Pretty complex, right? Probably not. And then the fourth thing I always do is I'll say, Bonnie, Bob, if your answer is yes, at the end of this conversation, awesome. If your answer is no, I understand. We'll work together at some point, but just let me know. If you need more time to think about it, not a problem at all, happy to have you think about it. So what I'm trying to do is physiologically at the bottom of the pyramid, get somebody comfortable with me. It's called quick trust trying to get them real comfortable with me, validating time and setting that agenda. And that allows me to move on to number two, which is all about the quick trust. It's all about the trust factor. And that's number two of those safety needs. Okay, number two about those safety needs and Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Building quick trust happens in that first 5, 10, or 15 seconds. So that's why I'm a big fan of going to LinkedIn, doing research on the person, And the company, because the fastest way to make somebody feel safe with you is if they feel like they kind of know you and and you feel like you kind of know them. You know, stranger danger is real. I talk about it all the time, and people don't believe me. You've been programmed since birth not to talk to strangers. So that's why number two on the pyramid is safety needs, because when someone feels safe with you, they almost always have a better conversation with you. And that's where LinkedIn research comes into play. Remember, though, from my agenda, the first thing I want to do is share some success stories. Success stories also feed into level number two, which is those safety needs on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's why I am such a big fan of success stories, because it makes people feel comfortable when they know that they're not the first one to ever try your product or service or work with you. Very, very important to share As many success stories as you can. Now, you know, obviously, I wanna try to keep it to three or four. I wanna detail them out and I kind of wanna make sure that I'm brief in the process. Okay, number three is social needs. What do you do to provide social needs and make people feel like what you're selling them will help them socially? The social game is real, friends. How somebody feels within their workplace, how they feel within their community, how they feel within the industry sector that they serve, and you've just really got to talk about it. Now, as a lot of you know, I'm in the media sales business. That's where I spend a lot of my time selling advertising. So one of the things that I do there is I try to ask advertisers, customers, you know, do you want to have a basic presence in our community? Do you want to be a little more competitive in our community? Or do you want to dominate this community? And then I can help them feel really good about their decision from a social perspective. Now, everybody you deal with, whether you're selling software or advertising or washing machines, everybody's involved in their community in some capacity. Sometimes you're buying a TV to make you happy, to make your spouse, partner, whatever happy. And sometimes you're buying a a bigger TV so that you can have a bigger one than your buddy's got. Everybody's got social needs. Everybody's social scenario is different. But what we know is true, and we always know is true from a social perspective, is social proof. Have others tried your service, your product? Who are these people? Because that's why folks say that word of mouth or referrals is the best form of marketing out there. The best sales leads come from referrals. And that's always because recommendations drive social proof. See, an implied recommendation, an implied referral comes when you talk about other clients you're working with and how much you love working with them. Social proof and social needs fall in that third category because everybody wants to make sure they're socially accepted. Now, you might say, well, I don't. I don't care what people think. I know who you are. You're that person that parks crooked in the parking lot at every restaurant that I attend. You make me mad. (laughs) I'm sort of kidding. Park correctly, would you? If you start at the bottom, physiological needs, those are being met. Then we've met their safety needs, and then we've met their social needs. Now we're on to the fourth part of that, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and that's esteem. There's social needs, and then there's how they feel about the decision that they're going to make with you, whatever it is that you're selling. What do you do from that esteem needs perspective? Esteem for me is all about recommendations. I want them to feel in their core that I am the person they should trust to be able to make recommendations to them and that these recommendations are real, these recommendations are valid, and these recommendations will guide them down the correct path. See, a lot of you, what you want to do is build a custom solution for every single person. A, that takes a lot of time. B, there's no social proof in that. C, it's not recommendation-based. Maybe you've heard of a company called Nielsen. Nielsen is really big in trustworthiness rankings. What is the most trusted form of marketing out there? Do you know? The most trusted form of marketing, according to Nielsen, across every age group is recommendations from other people. You know that that's true. You've heard about a restaurant. You've heard about a particular product, a particular service, a political figure. Whatever the circumstance is and how you feel about them or the circumstance is really based upon the esteem that that person feels, the recommendations that you've heard about. How many restaurants have I gone to with friends, that had been recommended to us. I didn't even know about it until it was recommended to me. That fourth piece of the puzzle, the fourth level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, what are you as a salesperson doing to make that person sitting in front of you feel really good about the decision that they're going to make? Here's the thing. There's this whole idea pre-pandemic, this whole idea of, I I want ideas that are out of the box. I want to do things that nobody else has done well, that adventurous spirit is kind of gone by the wayside, and it's kind of sad. I dedicated a whole chapter of the Selling Forward book to just understanding what pandemic fatigue looks like. People are just tired, and that affects their esteem. Friends, when you think about hosting meetings with folks, also a part of that esteem is how are we going to follow up with these people? What do we do to make sure that we follow up with them in a robust way? to help them order or buy or whatever from us. And the way that I do that, and we're going to talk about it coming up here with Mike Ober in uh, one of these uh, questions that was sent in today. One of the things that I like to do in ending meetings is I want to make sure from an esteemed perspective, I know how they want me to follow up with them. Are they a text message kind of person? Are they a phone call person? Are they a smoke signal kind of person? Do you have to send them cookies and cake? I mean, what is it? That esteem piece of the puzzle, once we help somebody feel good about themselves and we're going to follow up with them in a way that they want us to follow up. Now, there's a caveat to that. I met with a person the other day and they're like, well, you know, Ryan, follow up with me in two weeks. They didn't want to set a date on the calendar. They didn't want to do anything like that. They just wanted me to call them in two weeks. And that's a point in most sales calls where I stop for a second and I need to be asking myself, are they really interested? Because somebody that's really interested, it's probably not going to take them two weeks to set up a follow-up call. Now, from an esteem perspective, friends, when we can get in alignment with a client's esteem, we can help them reach the self-actualization, which is the top of the pyramid of point number five. If we want people to feel really great about themselves and reach that aha moment, that ah moment at the top of the pyramid, we've got to drive them through all of these five steps correctly. See, a lot of you, you're so focused on your customer needs assessments, you forget that these are real people too. And that's why I love Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs as a way to drive my sales meetings, my sales calls rather, with clients. Google it, pull it up online and recognize, friends, if we can number one, physiologically make them feel comfortable, then we can get on to the second step. Number two, help them feel safe working with us. Number three, we provide them social proof, help them feel good within the social environment. Then we get to step four, where we make them feel really good about buying from us. Then they push themselves to step number five. Friends, never forget, if sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. I used to say we're crazy. We're not crazy. This is a career, friends. It'll feed your family for a lifetime. I tell folks all the time, I've been broke a couple times. I've got a pretty rich uncle and I didn't even ask him to bail me out and he would have done that. It's the sales business that pulled me through and helped me pay the bills and be everything that I can be. As I said at the beginning, my goal is simple. I want to help you take your sales life to places you only dream possible, but I'm only 10% of the cause. You've got to take it 90% of the way forward. we got great questions coming up. Our listener questions coming up next. We'll see you right after these few commercials. And friends, stick around, stay close if you would. I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach if I didn't have some sponsors here of the podcast. So 30 seconds if you would, and we'll be back with more great content here on the podcast.
1: The Ryan Dorn Business Show is brought to you in part by Open Look Business Solutions. Need data cleanup, a virtual assistant, graphic design, or telemarketing? Reach out to Mike at open-look.com for information. That's open-look.com. How about a new website? Now more than ever before, having a world-class website is mission critical. Ryan has partnered with Web Publisher Pro to offer his clients top-notch websites that focus on lead generation and revenue. Reach out to David at webpublisherpro.com for more information. That's webpublisherpro.com. Now, back to the show. Here's your coach, Ryan Dorn.
0: Thanks, Deborah, and thanks, friends, for sticking around for that. It's always important to pay those bills, right? also want to tell you about uh, the fundraiser that we're doing for the Golden Harvest Food Bank, which is a part of the Feed America Network. You're probably blessed like me and that you have food on the table each night, that there's thousands and thousands of Americans, uh, just like us, that unfortunately are going to bed hungry at night, and I don't wanna ever see uh, that happen. So when I started writing Selling Forward, I wrote it for salespeople like all of you. But then I also decided I was gonna make it a fundraiser uh, for the Golden Harvest Food Bank. So when you go to amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com and you order the Selling Forward book, it's all about post-pandemic sales strategies or pandemic fatigue, I guess we could call it, because post-pandemic makes some people a little crazy even say that phrase. But anyway, we wanted to write uh, that book uh, in an effort to help all of you salespeople that also a and share the proceeds after all the profits after printing, et cetera, are going to go to the Golden Harvest Food Bank. If you don't have one in your area, please donate to the Feed America Network. All right, friends and fans, it's that time of the program where Mike Obert from Open Look Business Solutions uh, joins us. And we answer your listener questions. So we've got uh questions from Randy in Atlanta, A T L, as he says, uh Taylor from Boston, and then Fran from Spokane. H- um, how are things at, uh, at at Open Look and uh 032 uh 032 Man, outsourcing we, as
2: well? we are busy. Uh there is lots going on. Uh I feel like the uh everybody is uh, 2022 has been kind of a growth year for a lot of people and, yeah. and, you know, getting over all of the COVID stuff and and moving forward with their businesses and trying to grow it. So we've seen a lot of growth with a lot of our customers and a lot of businesses that are looking to outsource some of their uh, labor and some of their staffing needs.
0: Well, I mean, it's a, it's a real problem, right? I, mean, we, oh. I hear people all the time say, I just can't find people that, you know, want to do this work. And for those of you that don't know, um, Mike is not only a, a sales pro and a friend and a big supporter of the, of the show, but uh, my virtual assistants, uh, graphic design, personal virtual executive assistants all come through Open Look. And uh, these folks are absolutely
2: fantastic, Mike. So I'm, I'm, really, Thank you. I'm, I'm really thrilled yeah, to work no, with them. So. No, I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, all in the Philippines, uh, they work tirelessly. They're loyal. They uh, are very talented. So no, I appreciate the shout out. Yeah, it's great. All right, so
0: uh, let's get to, uh, Mike, if you're ready, let's get to Randy's question. Randy from Atlanta, uh, just up the, the road from me. Um, here's the question. Uh, Ryan and Mike, I am struggling with being ghosted uh, after meetings, for all of those of you over the age of 50. That means people don't call you back. <laughs> Any ideas? <laughs> Sorry, that's I wasn't trying to offend. Any ideas on re-engaging clients um, that I have gone dark from Randy in Atlanta. Um, Mike, you want to take that one? You want me to take a stab at it first?
2: Um, yeah. No, I mean, well, I can take a quick stab at it. Great. I mean, I, and I know exactly what he's talking about. If you go into a great meeting, you walk out and you're like, holy crap. I, I just knocked this out of the park and I'm <laughs> I'm ready for this guy to sign his contract. And you wait and you wait. <laughs> and you yeah. wait Crickets. and then you email them back and you're like, hey, I thought this was a great meeting. So some of my techniques is, has been you know, moving off and away from, hey, where's that contract and back into what, you know, for, from an advertising standpoint of like, uh, let's start talking about the materials that you need. So um, it's moving a, a little bit off of, hey, I need to close this contract more into what can I do to help you get that, that contract closed.
0: Yeah, no, that's great, and I really agree with you. A lot of times, um, just don't—you already asked for the sale. You're following up, so you don't want to come across as being a pest. So, asking about the project itself, like, hey, um, don't forget we're gonna need this for your ad, or we're gonna need this to complete this project, or we need to get uh, things aligned up for staffing issues, or we've got limited inventory, um, so we need to make sure we put that on hold for you. That kind of thing. But what I also do, uh, Mike, tell me your thoughts on this. At the end of every sales call, I've kind of got a three-step process. The first is I get out my phone and we both mutually agree to a quick 15-minute follow-up meeting. We put it on the calendar and I make sure that they, you know, get engaged. So that's the first thing I do. The second thing is I just ask them if we lose touch with each other, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you if you stand me up for this date of the follow-up. What's the best way to engage with you? Is it text? Is it smoke signals? Is it carrier pigeons? You know, <laughs> you know what is it? Kind of laugh. Yeah. Um, and then the, the third thing is that I really want to see if there's any takeaways. Like, here's what they owe me, what I owe them. So kind of look at my notes and like, I owe you um, this design specs. Um, I owe you the number of seats for the software or whatever. So I always try to do kind of those three things. Do you, do you do that, Mike? Do you, um, at the end of the call, you know, set the follow-up meeting right there on the spot or how do you handle that?
2: Yeah. Most of the time I do most of uh time I'll say, Hey, pull out your calendar or Hey, I am open, you know, on Friday at one o'clock. Does that work for you? Um, so that, yeah, I, I do do that a lot. Actually, I just got off a sales call with a vendor of mine who did it to me and, and, and I applauded her. I was like, Hey, that's good. That's good. You're you're setting your follow-up. So yeah, that's... yeah. no, I, I,
0: I totally agree with that. It's an important piece of the puzzle. The other thing though, is everybody wants to set a 60 minute meeting on my calendar. Like stop yeah. doing that. I don't have yeah. 60 minutes for follow-up. Yeah. So let's just say that your client wakes up in the morning, Mike, and they, they're checking their phone, they're checking the news or whatever, the weather is, they're laying there in bed and they look and they're like, oh man, I got a 60 minute meeting with Dorn. I don't got time for that, you yeah. know? But if it's a fifteen-minute meeting, it's like all right, that's fine. I'll, I will make fifteen, that right? So, yeah. um, Randy from Atlanta, that may be something to consider as well. Maybe your follow-up meetings are way
2: too long. Yeah, and um, and so those are just some thoughts. Hey, one one yeah. quick thing on that on the fifteen-minute. I love the uh, the ten fifteen or the ten forty-five uh, meeting because okay. to me in my head it's like just like you said it's a fifteen-minute meeting. Like if if it's from ten to ten thirty or ten to eleven. Then I'm like, eh, I don't know, 10, 15, eh, it's going to be a quick meeting. <laughs> it's a 15-minute meeting. You know, that's so a really I've, good. That's I've good seen point. that on more like on Calendly and those kind of apps that there's a lot of those 10, 15, 10, 45, 11, 15 meetings. Um, and I I really like him. Yeah, there's a guy that I worked
0: with um, years ago, and um, he was really a big fan of setting meetings on the quarter hour um, because he just really felt like, you know, that it just, it, it was a bit of a psychological thing. Um, so it is something, I don't do it, but you know what, I might try it. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Good. Try it. Um, All right, Randy uh, from Atlanta. I hope that uh, I hope that helps. All right, uh, Taylor from Boston. Next question. Uh, Taylor asks: Most of my clients' sales cycles do not mesh with when my manager wants deals to close. What is it that I can do? So I'm going to guess that Taylor, what's going on is that, for example you're trying to close out deals at the end of the quarter, for example. Your boss wants you to close out the deals at the end of the quarter, but the client is delayed or their sales cycle, it's going to happen in the next quarter. So imagine what you're asking is, what do I do to get their sales cycle to line up a little bit more with our sales cycle? And I, Mike, I'm, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll grab this one first. Yeah, go. Um, um, I don't think that you want to get Clients to mesh with your sales cycle, I think you want to mesh with their sales cycle. Now you could play this podcast, um, you know, per- perhaps um, you could play that uh, Taylor for your boss, but I'm here to tell you right now that's probably not going to work out, you know, for the job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so what you do, Taylor, is you got to get ahead. Okay, you've got to work ahead. So if you know that that client sales cycle, if you determine it's going to go beyond the quarter. You've got to start backing up the way that you work with your clients. So if you know it's going to take three months, you better start three months in advance. Yeah. Sometimes you just you know just don't know. Right. So I'm pretty sure, Mike, that's what Taylor is talking about. Maybe you have a different take on that.
2: Yeah. So no, I'm my take on that question is let's say, uh, and I'll go to publishing and and magazine or or something being released in like October, November. And there's not really a holiday-ish issue. And you've got people that want to promote what's happening within the holidays. And you're going to be out maybe just a little bit too early. And your uh, next issue will come out at the beginning of the year. So how do you hit those holiday people? And, you know, a lot of times it can be, you know, dual messages within the ads or something like that. So like you said, you've got to you got to find out what your customer's needs are, and then you've got to figure out how you're going to make it work within what you're delivering, what your product is that you're delivering. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, for me it does, yeah. And the other thing you might consider, uh, Taylor, is let's just say you're in the advertising business where we're uh, publishing, where Mike and I live a lot, is that you could say things like, hey, we need to get your inventory on hold, you know, because we're going to be in a limited inventory situation, or something along those lines. because. That would allow them, or hey, we've got a real backlog of creative design. It's going to take us a couple of months to get you in the queue here, or, or whatever, um, just to try to help them have a little bit, I think a lot of people call it, Ryan, how do I increase the sense of urgency in my clients, or something along those lines. Yeah. So. Yeah, it it happens. It doesn't matter the business. Right, Mike? I mean, everybody's got different sales cycles. Exactly. Yes. But but then also,
2: Taylor, do what you're told. (laughs) By the way,
0: we don't want you to get fired. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which is a good uh,
2: lead into your next question, Ryan. Yeah, there you go.
0: (laughs) Ah, There you go. And that was a friend from Spokane um, that asked this question. Uh, Ryan and Mike, I work remote. My boss wants me to be on 90 percent Zoom meetings and not phone meetings. I'm a bit old school and I'm really struggling. Please, in all caps, uh, help. So it didn't, that is a pretty good segue, Mike, into that. Because <laughs> if your boss wants you to, to switch from phone to Zoom, you might want to do what you're told. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but there's there could be a lot of factors. Typically, if you say you're a bit old school, uh, Fran, I mean, typically, you don't do Zoom because of several factors. Either A, you don't intimately understand the technology, so it's kind of awkward and hard. Uh, to use so that's something you can go to lynda.com and you can learn more about that or watch the tutorials. The other is you may not have a good space set up in your house for zoom calls. So every time you do the zoom calls you feel like you don't look good the environment doesn't look good or you know whatever. so you may want to uh, yeah, don't you have slower.
2: don't you have a virtual seminar uh, regarding that of the how not to look like a zombie? I do. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder that. Yeah. If you go over Fran, go to YouTube
0: or anybody um, go to YouTube and search for how not to be a webcam zombie. And it's awesome. YouTube, um, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really and, good. Um, you know, a lot of it, Mike, like you've got a, a nice microphone um, and a light um, as well. And um, I've got a nice mic and light. A lot of times, Fran, it's just like you don't, you know, it doesn't feel like it, it looks good. It doesn't seem professional because you're in your kitchen or whatever. And just, There's a place in your house that you can find where you can make that, you know, you can make that really work.
2: Yeah. And And then Zoom has the virtual backgrounds as well, too. So it's easy to kind of hide what's going on uh, behind you. And to Mm -hmm. maybe back up Fran's boss a little bit, I require (laughs) I require all my people to be on camera on Zoom, not just a, hey, I'm calling you on Zoom, but I want you on camera on Zoom. Uh, One, you make a more personal connection when you can see somebody online as opposed to, I'm old school, I love phone calls. I would rather call somebody on the phone than text somebody, but I would also rather do a Zoom sales call than just a regular phone call. Um, I just think it's more of a personal connection that you get with that person. Well, the other thing is just makes it a lot easier for you to share your
0: stuff. I mean, you can share your screen, you can show examples. And I don't have the exact scientific data in front of me, but in in um, in general, you only learn so much through your ears. You take in so much more, and the comprehension and retention is so much better um, when you have some type of visual in front. So if I recall, it was something like, don't quote me, 60 some percent of what you learn you, you get through your eyes and the rest of it you, you hear. So I feel like, uh, Fran, there's also a visual element that will potentially help you sell more. But here's the big thing. Charisma is contagious. So people can see it in your face. Yeah. Um, but Mike, you're probably like me. Like I watch people on a Zoom call to get their uh, to get their body language and to kind of see the reaction in their
2: face as well. 100%. And also the people that are on your Zoom call and they're distracted and they're doing emails and you can kind of get that sense and try and do something to bring them back. If they're on the phone and they're working on their email, you have no, no idea. No, you don't. And you don't know that they're paying attention or, or anything else. So,
0: uh, Randy, uh, Taylor, Fran, thanks for sending in your questions to Ryan at RyanDorn.com. All right, friends, keep those questions coming. And if you've got some outsourcing needs, uh, OpenLook, uh, Business Solutions, open-look.com. So, Mike, thanks so much, man. Sure, appreciate yep. your insights.
2: Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it.
0: All right. So that's the show, friends, uh, for this month. Sure, appreciate you. And we'll get you all caught up on any of the shows that you missed um, when we were kind of out of sync there with our uh, feed. Uh, going to Spotify and iTunes, and we appreciate uh, the folks over at uh, both Spotify and iTunes and all our friends and fans for uh, pointing that out. Hey, so um friends, you know, unfortunately, I had COVID, um, so I had the antibodies, and I decided hey, I'm going to get vaccinated anyway because I want to get out back on the road, and I have been uh, speaking to conferences and working with teams uh, just like all of you. So I speak at conferences, I coach one-on-one, and I love doing virtual training as well. So go over to RyanDorn.com, and that's where you can find out more about what I can do to help you and your sales organization. Don't forget friends, if sales was easy, everybody be doing it and they're not. So we're either crazy, which is possible, or friends, we found careers that'll feed our families for a lifetime. All right. Keep your questions coming to Ryan at ryandorn.com. If we can be of help to you, reach out to us. The website is ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-N. That's ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-N. All right, friends, we'll see you on the next show. Take care and God bless.